We are in John chapter 19 and verse 16. John 19 and then 16. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm going to need to go get my drink here. And by the way, I, we're, I'm not really sure if that was a record number of babies or not, but if it wasn't, I'd like to break the record again. So we're going to do a six-month series on Song of Solomon and hope for the best. All right, here we are. I, I appreciate comments you've had on our insights last week about Pilate things that we had not, uh, you normally don't hear. We, we cannot make Pilate the cartoon bad guy that we often have. There's a whole lot in there that indicates he tried everything he could not to be politically pushed into this, but the fact is that he did allow it to happen. He did not sacrifice himself at the last moment when he could have. I don't know that we could have asked him to do that because um, that's a personal decision. You've got to make that one on your own. And I'm not sure what I would have done. I think I would have been better, but you know, let's be careful before we start grabbing rocks and throwing them at Pilate. Uh, verse 16, John 19, 16. Finally, Pilate handed them over to them to be crucified. And again, he, they could not crucify without his permission. Uh, when the, it was the Romans who crucified, they were the only ones that were allowed, so Romans are taking it on now. So soldiers took charge of Jesus. Get, um, by the way, when they say took charge of, they know, they, they turn this into a science. They know exactly how to come up behind someone who is going to be crucified, and they know they're going to be crucified, but come behind them and grab and control because at that point, adrenaline has hit. If there's anything left in you, I don't know if there was anything left in Jesus after all those uh, he, he went through. And they know how to do all the controls, how to hold. And they would have done that with Jesus, to break them, to move them forward. Carrying his own cross, he went out to the place of the skull, which is in, in Aramaic is called Golgotha. There they crucified him and with two others, one on each side, Jesus in the middle. Pilate had a notice prepared and fastened to the cross. It read, Jesus of Nazareth, the king of the Jews. I've, I've often looked at this as Pilate saying, I lost, I failed, but I'm going to do this anyway. He'd been warned, don't do this. His wife had warned him. He seems to have had some history with the belief he knew the story a lot more than he was saying, and he had no issue calling Jesus king, as he had already. He put the sign up. I will really never know what was going through his head, but a lot of people read it, and they thought they knew. Many of the Jews read this sign for the place where Jesus was crucified. It was near the city, and the sign was written in Aramaic, Latin, and Greek. This was an intentional in your face by Pilate. Chief priest of the Jews protested to Pilate, do not write the king of the Jews, but that this man claimed to be king of the Jews. Pilate answered, what I've written, I've written. So 
once again, I'd ask you to go back, if you weren't here the last week, and listen to how we developed the story of Pilate, but this fits right in with what we were saying. He, uh, he came right up to the borderline and pushed, but eventually was, allowed himself to be pushed back. It, it, it reminds me a little bit of Judas, and I, I don't really want to track them on the same track, but if you remember what happened to Judas after the crucifixion, he came in and threw the money back and said, I've betrayed innocent blood. But that didn't fix it. Yeah, it, it he'd, he repented too late. And I don't even know if I can say repent. There's a very technical definition of repenting, which means to turn away from your sin and go the other direction. He, he lamented his sin but then he didn't go back another direction. He hung himself. The difference between Judas and Peter is that Peter came back and repented. That's it. Both of them had failed their Lord. One stopped and gave up. One came back. That's a pretty important thing to keep in your mind. Don't give up. Come back. Jesus will take you. And he won't stand there you know, going, all right, one well, our time, not set for you. The Bible says he will remember our sins no more. So um, go home. Go back. When the soldiers crucified Jesus, they took his clothes, dividing them into four shears, one for each of them, with the undergarment remaining. This garment was seamless, woven in one piece from top to bottom, um, Details like that don't seem to mean much to us, but it would to the Jews. You know, Jesus lived as a holy, righteous Jew. Uh, and the, the undergarments was right, and the outside was right. But I do want to bring up again, I've said this to you before in other classes in the past, that undergarment would have been stained, sweated, blood on it. Uh, not undergarment, I'm sorry. His clothes would have been stained, um, perhaps torn and patched, and yet the soldiers are dividing it because they want, and at first they were gambling for it, right? And then they end up gambling for the, the whole point being, we, we forget how precious everything was back then. A piece of cloth. Where are you going to go get it? Just a piece of cloth. You know, we, Cammy and I uh, will drive around. We still say this as we're driving around going, it's still hard to believe we live here. You know, where you can go get stuff. It's just right there. And there's not much to it. They brought it all the way from China. You may as well go get it, right? You know, and they're storing it at Walmart. And so go, you know. Um, I can remember, I don't remember how old Kara was, but I don't think she was a year old, when our church demanded that we come back and give reports and all this other. So we had to come back in. Uh, we, we flew into Norfolk, Virginia, out of, out of Scotland. Um, and it was hot. It was in the summer. You know, we're going, oh, dear. You know, we don't get those over there. This is pretty rugged. Worn out. And little Kyra, you know, she's a baby, and all of her clocks are messed up now. You know, the sun's up, and it's not supposed to be, and the like. So we found a hotel um, where we, I, I guess they booked it for us. Um, and we, we sat there. We were tired. We were hot. Our luggage had gone missing, hadn't it? Had gone. Eventually, it came back. But we're we're sitting there just looking at each other in America, going, "Well, you know, we're awfully thirsty. 
and we're hungry, but it's already, it was like seven o'clock. So we just have to wait for tomorrow because that's what we were used to. And I don't know when it was or which one of us, I think it might've been me actually who said, wait a minute, we're in America. You can get food at night in America. You know, and so we, you know, we, we looked outside and I remember there was a Wendy's and it, it may as well have been the celestial city. You know, it's a whoa, and, and, and I'm running to it. You know, and uh, I, I walk in and, and the large drinks in Scotland are like large orange juices here. You know, they, they give you orange juice like there's a worldwide shortage. I'd like a large one, please. And here's a shot glass. See, you know, really? That's all you have. Fair enough. Well, big things. You know, and, and we, we, we drank. We had a, oh, by the way, to pay for it, I was overwhelmed to a point I couldn't count the money. And a lady was talking to me, but she was from Virginia, so we couldn't communicate. And so I just, I held my hands out with money in it, and she just picked around and took what she was supposed to, and then put some back in. And then you know the weird bit? You're sitting there drinking, and somebody walks up to you and goes, do you want a refill? And you're going, no, I don't, I don't think we have enough money for that. And they go, no, it's free. What? It's free. In Scotland, you go and buy a hamburger at McDonald's, you want ketchup, you have to spend an extra five, 10 pence for that. Oh, you want the mustard? Everything cost. And I think back, we are so spoiled now. I, I remember one day we took a day out, we took the train to Glasgow, walking around, Glasgow's a city over a million people. We're walking around, there's nobody there. I looked at her and I said, did they drop the neutron bomb? Because they were talking about it, you know, they weren't going to hit us, but you know, pilots make mistakes. It was bank holiday. Everybody just decided to shut. City of a million people. We're walking around going, we're all alone. It's like some apocalyptic movie. Here, think of the blessings we have. Now try to go back where Jesus was. Do you understand how desperate people were for the next bite of food? how desperate they were. This is why when Jesus is resurrected and he sees his apostles fishing out there and one of them finally recognizes him, what does he do? He puts on his clothes and jumps in the water. What, he was fishing without his clothes? Yes. Why? Because you've only got the one. You take care of it. In the old line in Scarborough Fair, she can make a shirt, marry the woman. Uh, I say all that just to say, please put yourself in this work world. It's horrible. They say, let's not tear it. Let's decide by a lot who will get it. And they, they did. They gambled for it. That's what the soldiers did. Verse 25, near the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. These are, um, uh, in history, are sometimes called the four Marys. There are really only three there, but because I don't think Mary's sister was also a Mary. But over history, the three Marys have become the four Marys, and there's a whole set of traditions among them. None of them historic, but a lot of fun to read. When Jesus saw his mother there and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to her, woman, here is your son, and to the disciple, here is your mother. From that time on, this disciple took her into his home. I want you to think about what's going on in Jesus' mind at this stage. 
what does he, uh, there, there are so many sermon series on what Jesus says from the cross. So let's just think about that for a minute. Jesus is dying. It's horrific. He's in a, a, an amazing amount of pain. What are his priorities? Escape is not, because escape was always an option. God had promised him that if he asked, he would send angels. That he wouldn't even bash his foot against a stone. He could have. That wasn't his priority. His priority was doing the work, yes. Forgiving those who did this to him and taking care of his mother. I can remember reading the Gospels over and over again. You know my story. For six months. And my struggle with faith at that point, it was because it wasn't working for me. I, I, I love the, in the movie Friday night that we watched, they talked about they were using the wrong software and the wrong hardware. And it just didn't work for me. I, my faith had been based upon a system, uh, upon a set of laws and do's and don'ts. So I'm reading the Gospels over and over again. And at first, I wasn't certain, is this real? And is this really the Son of God? But I, I, I knew I would, I'd go to hell for this guy. This guy's the best guy ever. I will never be as good as this guy. I, I, I know it sounds stupid, but I really like Jesus. <laughs> when I was a kid, I was afraid of him. Anybody else? I was afraid of him because we were always told, he's coming, he's coming to get you. Then... I got to where I respected him and, and obeyed the best I could. I'm not sure when it was that I learned to love Jesus. It wasn't a moment. There was a long process. But over the last 30 years, I've learned to really like him. And I hope you understand that that's not irreverent. You can love someone you don't like, but if you love and like them, it's really neat. And some of you are nodding, so I'm hoping it doesn't sound too odd to the rest of you. Um, by the way, the disciple whom Jesus loved has traditionally been said to be John. Uh, anybody want to take a shot at what most scholars say now? Luke. And I think they're probably right. Uh, I've, I've been reading their arguments. At first, I'm, I'm always like this. Somebody goes... You know, we've always thought, but... And I'm going, oh, hold yourself there, man. Back up, you're completely wrong. And then I've, I read a whole bunch of stuff, and I go, well, <laughs> I got a point. <laughs> yes? There's a, there, that is absolutely one of the big arguments is... Um, and Matthew said that, and I, and I need to repeat it for those that listen online... Um, is it because of the insights that Luke has that are fed in from the, and also in the Gospel of John? Luke's Gospel, which we're going to next after this one, is the only Gospel that gives you the thoughts of Mary, which would indicate he interviewed Mary. Others will do action. We don't have a microphone for you, doc, Dr. Uh, and, oh, you do? Oh, I'm sorry. Wave it about, would you, man? It's, it's, it's very likely that, that John didn't have a place of residence. 
Well, that's a very good point. And, but we think that Luke did, and it's very likely. And another thing, back in the 19th chapter, when Jesus said, I am king, that's one of the few times that he made that acknowledgement. And that is so important. And he said, my kingdom is not of this world. And it's too bad that many Christians in this in, in the Western world cannot believe what he said. Yeah, yeah it's, uh, and again, if you didn't see the movie uh, on, on um, Friday night, it's called Sheep Among Wolves. If you look it up on YouTube, it'll say two. Now, I never saw the first one, it, but so I'm, I'm not gonna say anything about it. It lasts almost two hours and it's about the fastest growing church in the world right now, uh, of our, of our faith, uh, so, you know, the, so focused on Jesus. Uh, not Church of Christ, but just focused on Jesus, is in Iran, and it's being led by the women, house by house. And it opens, actually, with them praying to Jesus in whispers so that no one can hear. Patrick, also, this is happening in the Philippines, in the Philippines, there are tens of thousands of people who believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Oh, yeah. They do not have a formal church, uh, but they do believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And I'm also told by a person who has nearly lost his life two or three times to communists in that world as a missionary, that there are thousands of Muslims each day that are moving toward faith in Jesus Christ. Uh, there, there really are. And if you watch this movie, uh, please watch the movie. Please don't worry about the first 15 or 20 minutes. It's so slow. It really is. But after then, you start getting your information. Now, don't fast forward. They really like establishing shots. In other words, man walking slowly across field. Just deal with that. You know, uh, it, 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 I told Cammy on the way home, that would have made an amazing one and a half hour film or one hour and 20 minute film. It needed to be edited. And I told Josh Borders today to get on it because uh, he could do it. But anyway, that said, uh, Luke has the insight. And these, uh, I'm sorry, I want to come back to what you're saying. That's why I wanted to come. The John, people... Um, yeah. John, pro John probably did not have a residence. Right. Um, but you're mentioning of him being king. That is really big among these women, is that it starts with obedience. Obey Jesus. And then you talk about Jesus. But you don't make disciples until you yourself obey around them. And that sounds exactly like we say here. Love them until they ask you why and that they will belong before they believe, that's exactly what's happening. Yes, Matthew. With regards to um, when they did the potlucks, she was saying he is king, and then line up with Pilate's uh, statement that they need to sign as this is the king of the Jews. In the 23rd chapter of Luke, it talks about how um, after Jesus had been tortured by the, by the Jews, that after that point, Pilate and Herod became friends. Well, I, I don't know if 
this all is part of the interplay between Pilate and Herod. Both of them would have been trying to find ways to get uh, one up on the other. Uh, it, was, it was very much a political wrestling match in the time, so I'm not really sure there. Let's, um, I want to show you something else here. Later, knowing that everything had been, now had been finished, and so that scripture would be fulfilled, Jesus said, I am thirsty. A jar of wine vinegar was there, so they soaked a sponge in it and put the sponge on a stalk of the hyssop plant and lifted it to Jesus' lips. When he received the drink, Jesus said, it is finished. With that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. We know that they tried to give him painkiller, uh, primitive painkiller, on the cross, and he refused it. This seems to be enough to wet his lips to speak. Please remember, when you die of crucifixion, you have not had food and water for, what, 30-plus hours. Uh, you've been beaten. There's blood loss. You, your face has been beaten. Your teeth have been loosed or knocked out. Your nose has been broken. Speech is an issue. In fact, whenever he calls out to his father in his native Aramaic, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Do you remember that the people standing right there didn't understand what he was saying and thought he was calling for Elijah? Yes. Why? His, your speech is messed up by this. It, it amazes me. People have never seen somebody beaten. Um, you see in TV... And they just get up and hit again. No, no, no. It's, it's horrific. Yes? Oh, okay. Great, gotcha. Um, first of all, to be fair to you, he's asking, Jesus gave up his spirit. What spirit? It's in lowercase. To be fair to you, um, they did not even have lowercase at this time. They, all letters were unseals. They were all capitals at the time. It would be hundreds of years before the use of what we call little letters come into play. So you have to look at context. You always have to look at context. And especially when you find the word spirit, because the word spirit can mean uh, wind, breath, the Holy Spirit, or the part of us that lives forever. Now, understand that writers of Scripture were sometimes elastic in the way they use the language because people are. Soul is the life essence that we share with animals and plants. Spirit is what lives forever. Amen. What was Jesus giving up? Jesus was giving up his life. He was letting his his spirit depart. It's another way of saying he died. So now you have a follow-up. All right, I think I know where you are with this, and I think we're in agreement. Um, when God made us, do you remember he made us in his image and after his likeness? That doesn't mean God is, you know, six foot whatever. We all understand that. It means that our spirit is like his spirit. It's made in that way. And yes, 
what Jesus, when he gave up that spirit, that's the same kind of spirit we've got. He was giving, giving up everything because when you die, you've, you lose everything. Um, and again, verse 31 just makes me shake my head and nearly cry because it was the day of preparation. The next day was to be a special Sabbath because the Jewish leaders did not want the bodies to be left on the crosses during Sabbath. They asked Pilate to have the legs broken and the bodies taken down. Once again, I have to stress this. In the name of serving God, people have done horrific things. Of course, we could talk about crusades. Um, we could talk about Westboro Baptist Church and some of the things that they have said and done. And in Michigan, when the war was new and our son had just joined the Marines, um, we, we were... Um, aghast because people started dying and Michigan is one of those states that always has a high level of, of young men and young women enlist. Uh, there are some that just do. Tennessee does, West Virginia does, Michigan is really big on it. And whenever there'd be a funeral, here would come from Kansas, the Westboro Baptist Church, to uh, picket it with their God hates fags and, and God hates you and all this other. And Michigan, being Michigan, they, they that's where I believe it started, but I could be so wrong on this. I believe that's where it started, where uh, all the motorcyclists in the state say, we're coming. And, uh, and, and they, they would go and keep, and whenever the people would start yelling, they'd, uh, they'd roar their pipes a bit. <laughs> Harleys are a little wild. Uh, I, what was it, three weeks ago, um, 98 slingshot drivers, and I'm one of them, and 61 Harley guys uh, got together in Indianapolis for a charity thing. And it was a lot of fun. Uh, I love Harley guys, and they seem to like us back. But uh, 61 Harleys make a lot more sound than 98 <laughs> slingshots. It was a hoot. But they would actually, you know, <laughs> do that whole big potato, potato thing to drown them out. And I really appreciate that. But friends, you cannot hate somebody in the name of Jesus. You know, I drive a, a Nissan, a, a Nissan Maxima. Uh, I, I, I really, really like Lamborghinis. But if I put a Lamborghini's thing on my Nissan, it's still, a, it's still a Maxima, right? And I can run around all day long saying, I am doing this in the name of Jesus. But if you don't have his authority to do what you're doing, you're not. You're just not. I have seen such hateful things said and done, brutal things. And Twitter <laughs> is alive with it. Yes, please. You know, talking about what people do in the name of religion, I think one of the most amazing things in all of the Bible is when they brought Jesus back to Pilate. And when, when the idea was that uh, he claims to be the king of the Jews, and they said, no, we have no king but Caesar. Can you imagine how many Jews had died in hundreds of years because of Caesar. Mm -hmm. And here, and I mean, this startled heaven when those yeah. rabbis said, you know, we have no king but Caesar. To me, that's just yeah. beyond anything we can imagine. Yeah, I, I, I sometimes wonder if Michael didn't turn to God there and say, now? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, oh, my goodness. By the way, if you ever do see an angel and it says it's Michael, 
it's been good knowing you. You're done. If it's Gabriel, eh, you might get a message then. But Michael, oh my goodness. I told my wife, I really do think that Michael and some of the angels want to get up there, they're going to have bruised foreheads. is because of the things I've done. And they go, but if you, can just, pray, if you can pray like Daniel, it's all right to call on him and have him on your I'm side. sorry, you were talking so fast, and my brain wasn't moving that fast. If, if we can pray like Daniel did and have Michael be on our side, then you are the winner. There, oh, yes, absolutely, absolutely. And I always think of Joshua seeing the, the man, the mighty man in the desert. That's such a chilling thing. And he walks out to him. And he says, are you with on us? Are you for us or for them? And he goes, neither. I'm the commander of the Lord's army. And I'm going, okay. It depends on <laughs> yeah. my orders. That's right. It, it's, it's, and Joshua, look for it, never shows fear. Except there. That one instant, boom, he goes down. I, and that's, by the way, in that film we were talking about, they were talking about you've got to have that attitude. They didn't use that story toward Jesus, you just do it. And, and women were talking about, uh, that had been raped, saying, we know if we're caught, we will be raped, and then we will be tortured, and then we will be killed. And we look upon that as giving our lives for Jesus. And that is, if that is what we're called to do, we understand that, we accept it now. And you're just going, what faith they have. What faith they have. And one of the women uh, it, in fact, I've had this quoted back to me several times from people that watched it since Friday when I put it on social media. Um, they, they said the line, Satan's lullaby. There's a man who brought his family over and his, to America. They finally got a visa to come to America and live, get green cards. But shortly after, his wife has to be taken back to Iran. And she, he asked, well, why? And she said, Christians here are going to sleep with Satan's lullaby. They don't understand that it's not going to a church. It is Jesus is king. And she was afraid Satan's lullaby might take that away. And that, I mean, that was a chilling thing. By the way, I'll do one more, then I'll come to Albert here. We, we have time. With all these babies up there, do anybody else who saw the movie think of one? Of the, and they said, yes, it, people would say, well, Who's in charge of the pastors and who is completely unstructured growth? And people are going, oh, and their response was, cemeteries, graveyards are very orderly. Nurseries are very loud. And I thought of the babies up here and I was going, you know, we got that one, we got the loud, we got the loud. Yes. I heard a missionary in California not long ago say that the greatest uh, difficulty to be a Christian on earth today is when Christian women strap Bibles to themselves and sneak into North Korea. There's a great revival in North Korea. When people get a Bible, they believe what it says, but many of the women are caught doing that, and we cannot imagine what happens to yeah. them. Yeah, there are some books from survivors of those camps in North Korea that are just... We, we need... In the name of our Lord, so that we can worship in purity, would you guys go break their legs? And again, you broke the legs because when you died on the cross, it was generally from suffocation, not from blood loss. Because um, you have to pull yourself up to breathe. And of course, you're wounded here. 
not, not everyone was nailed to crosses. They very often just tied them. And by the way, even when they nailed you, they also tied you because the nails would come off. Um, they just will. So Jesus would have been tied as well as nailed. It was just what they did. Anyway, they would break the legs so that you couldn't push up to breathe. And by the way, um, they didn't always have a little step there. Uh, very often they did not, so your feet would scrabble on the pole. If there was a step, it was put at an angle. So pushing up hurt. And again, did they na always nail the feet? Not always, but they always tied them. And so there was a limit to your movement. It was meant to be a very slow, agonizing death. Breaking the legs shortened it so that you can go to church. Instead, one of the soldiers pierced Jesus aside with a spear, bringing a sudden flow of blood and water. The man who saw it has given testimony. There's a, a Luke uh, hint. And his testimony is true. He knows that he tells the truth and he testifies so that you may also believe. These things happen so that the scripture would be fulfilled. Not one of his bones will be broken. And as another scripture says, they will look upon the one they have pierced. Medical doctors have done a lot of writing about this over the years. In fact, you can find a lawyer looks at the trials of Christ, a doctor looks at the crucifixion. There, there, there are many of these. And it, when I was a boy, it was very simplistic. They said, when you die, your blood mingles with water. No, it doesn't. No. Uh, there, there are ways your, your blood and water uh, can mingle. One is uh, if, if you drown, drowning will do that, you know, bursting the lungs. Uh, if you're beside a big pressure wave, you know, on TV, the bomb blows up and they, they go forward artic, artfully. <laughs> they get up and they're going, I'm okay. No, you're not. All of your small blood vessels in your eyes, face, and toward the direction have popped now. If it was strong enough a pressure wave, organs have been bruised and moved, and it only gets worse from there. Um, it, it just amazes. I saw a movie recently where the guy tosses a grenade in. Somebody's standing right over there, and they turn their back, and they're okay. No. No. And most people don't die. Um, I mean, for example, a bullet. A bullet hitting a body. You are a bag of fluid that is only standing up because you've got some bones in you. All right? When a bullet hits you, uh, it is not that the bullet you know, missed all the vital organs, so you're okay. It's, the, it's a hypostatic pressure. Get a balloon and push on it. What happens? The bullet goes here. Your toes have been hurt too. Pressure wave. Well, Jesus, he didn't have that. He may have drowned in his own blood because of the damage, and that would do it. Um, but also a rupture of the heart muscle will cause it. And so traditionally, and again, we have not enough information to sign uh, his certificate of death. But traditionally, we say he died of a broken heart. And I think we can say that. I, I think that that's certainly one of the most likely options for blood and water to mingle. And if you bore every sin that has ever been born, and ever, will, or ever been committed, and ever will be committed, I can see how that would pop the heart. Um, again, this is not doctrine. Please do not say that it is. But... Um, 
Luke knew how to tie this back into Zechariah, uh, Psalm 34, Numbers uh, chapter 9, and Exodus 12. I mean, all of this had been foretold. Uh, we only got a little bit, uh, a lot of rubbish has been talked about Joseph of Arimathea. And most of it's been talked by British people, so let me talk to you. They will tell you that Joseph of Arimathea uh, was a merchant with fleets that went to, to Breton and back. Now, that's very possible. Not Joseph of Arimathea necessarily, but there was trade between Breton and Palestine, Israel, whatever, Judea, uh, Rome. Absolutely there were. And, and tin mines all over Cornwall. That's that southwest bit of England. Uh, at that time, it was its own little kingdom called Cornu, but it, still. And they'll, they even have a hymn that they sing in churches, Church of England uh, does, that uh, talks about Jesus walking on our soil because the story's told that Joseph of Arimathea was a family friend and Jesus went on some of these trading trips with him. Now, it's a great story. Zero history. We know the trade existed. We do not know that that's what Joseph of Arimathea did. But we do know he was gutsy. He was a disciple of Jesus, but secretly because he feared the Jewish leaders. And I have to state this again. We, the manuscript does not say Jewish leaders. It says the Jews. But it does mean the Jewish leaders. And over the centuries, many people use that because he feared the Jews as a reason to hate the Jews, mistreat the Jews, drive them out. And so the NIV here, I think, is trying to correct a historical misreading of scripture, but they are adding terms. Just be aware. That's all. We look upon Jews as our brothers, uh, and we would stand against anti, any anti-Semitism in any form. They, God chose them. We understand that. We believe that, and we love them. Um, so I understand why the NIV did this. But we'll talk more about this next week. Because right now it's time. It's time. <laughs> uh, and the, the weak kids will be turned loose, the ones that aren't at the reception downstairs. But thank God that Fourth Avenue already has another generation in place. Isn't that cool? And if we love people and they grow up in that love, they will take that love far beyond anything we could imagine because the Holy Spirit moves and you only yoke something you want to move, right? So speaking of moving, go away. We're all done.